Okay, good evening, everyone. So we are holding in Simon Pei Zion, Sif Yud, in the Halachas of Basar B'chalav. Today, hopefully, we will finish the Simon, and next week, in Merit Hashem, we will begin Simon Pei Ches. Simon Pei Ches, we will learn some of the classic Halachas of Basar B'chalav, not putting uh, meat and milk on the same table. We'll touch upon some of the Pesach issues, uh, passing a beer to your uh, to a non-Jewish uh, friend, sitting next to you by a ball game. We'll get into some of those halachas, Sim Peches, and Sim Peches is, discusses waiting six hours. Sim Ritzashem, we'll get to so, so many more topics, uh, classic topics in Hilchus Basel For now, we'll learn Sif Yud and Sif Yud Aleph. As an introduction to Sif Yud and Sif Yud Aleph, I want to discuss something we mentioned previously, and that is the halachas of Gvinas Akum. That there's a, the Mishnah Navadizar tells us that in, in order for, mil, for cheese to be kosher, it has to be Gvinas Yisrael. It has to be cheese that was produced by Yisrael. We said there's a discussion if it's, if it's if a, a Yid needs to actually create the cheese by putting the rennet into the cheese, into the milk, or by simply watching it. But either way, the Mishnah says one cannot eat cheese produced by Yenachri. And the Gemara there said, what's the reason? And one of the reasons, and this is the accepted reason, is that perhaps the non-Jew would put in our Kevas Nevela. He might put in the skin, of the stomach of a non-kosher cow into the milk, creating cheese, and therefore a yid has to be involved to make sure this doesn't happen, and that's why your uh, kosher cheese is much more expensive. As you can imagine, there is much more work that goes into creating kosher cheese. So now that we know that, let's discuss what exactly is found in the in the in the stomach of a cow. So the stomach of a cow has enzymes. The enzyme is called Chymosin, I might be pronouncing it wrong, and the actual enzyme is called renin. That renin is often confused with rennet. Rennet is what is used in commercial cheese production. The technical term rennet means a synthetic renin, but renin was is the uh, enzyme that's found in the inside stomach of a cow. That is a it's an amazing bria and. It digests protein. We don't have it in our stomach, but it digests the protein. And when you put it into milk, as you can imagine, it makes cheese. So, going back to the Gemara Nava Zara, Chazal were concerned that if you didn't uh, watch what the Nachri was doing, he might add in non-kosher rennet into the making of cheese. So, what we're going to discuss today is that that's very nice to make sure it's not a non-kosher uh, cow that's being used. But what if, even if it was kosher... We're learning Hilchas Basar B'chalav. There's an issue of adding meat to milk. So how exactly would you make cheese before um, before Chris Hansen came along and made and made all these uh, synthetic rennet? How exactly would anyone make cheese back in the day? So that's what we're going to discuss. The truth is today, most cheese in America and throughout the world, I think 95% of cheeses throughout the world are made using microbial or uh, uh, chemical synthetic rennet, not using... Uh, animal rennet, but if you Google it, you could find it. You, if you want to make your own cheese at home, you could Google, you'll find the New England, uh, I don't know, New England uh, Cheese Company. They sell animal rennet. And primarily, this is used in Italian cheeses. There's uh, there's something called a PDO. A PDO is when you, you have nothing to be proud of in your country, except for you have protected designation of origin. That that uh, certain products cannot bear a brand, a name, unless it's made in this region. A classic example is scotch, right? Mandy, if, uh, if it's not made in Scotland, you cannot call it 
scotch. You can call it whiskey with an E, without an E, depending on where you're from. A lot of, a lot of wines also. Yeah. Bordeaux. Sure. I remember I once overheard a conversation. There was a fellow, he was uh, he was analyzing a bottle of Glenlivet aged in cognac. He said, I don't know what cognac is. So therefore, it's uh, it must be kosher. So then someone told him, you know, cognac is, uh, is brandy. It's brandy that's made in the cognac region of France. He said, okay, I know that Kedem makes kosher brandy. So it must be brandy's kosher. So if brandy's kosher, it must be this Glenlivet is kosher. Now, it happens to be it's a fascinating discussion if it's the same thing as sherry casks. So briefly, I'm sorry, I just can't resist. There's a, uh, the reason why most Paiskin, I would not most Paiskin, most people drink uh, sherry cask, they're relying on the, on the shach. The shach holds that, that when you have a barrel of wine, again, sherry, by the way, sherry is also a, uh, a protected designation of origin from, the, from sherries in, uh, in Spain. So sherry just means a fortified wine. But let's say you have a barrel that held wine for a year or for 24 hours, whatever it is, that barrel will give out taste of wine, non-kosher wine, into the liquid that's present. So the question is, how much do we need, uh, how much scotch do we need to be mavato the, uh, the, the wine? So the shock holds, all you need is enough, enough scotch against the clipper, the thinnest layer of the barrel, and you always have 60 times that amount, and therefore according to the shock, there's no problem. Fine. However, th this is a chiddish when it comes to stamina, when it comes to non-kosher wine. The question is, why is this? When it comes to other foods, let's say you uh, you took uh, orange juice and you stored it in, in, in barrels that were that held dairy. So the orange juice would be considered dairy, right? Well, why is the why is there a difference between this, the you know stamienum scotch aged in wine versus other halachas? So this is machlekes. Some hold this because stamienum, the halacha of non-kosher wine, especially the manazeh, no one's worshiping of a dezara. We're so make on these halachas, therefore all you need is a klipa. Some hold no that wine has such a weak taste that it's bottle. All you need, all you need, is to be vatal against the thinnest layer. But let's say you had other items, even though it's only an isidra button, you will need bittel against the entire thickness of the barrel. What's the nafkamina? I'll give you two nafkaminas. Nafkamina number one is cognac. Cognac is brandy. Brandy is distilled wine, which has a very strong taste. If you go with reason number one that isurim dera button stamienam is a shvacha iser, so. All I need is bitl against the klipa. Your Glenlivet aged in cognac has the same hefter. And that's found in the Baruch Tam, the Pnei Baruch, his notes on the Neid Behuda. That's how he paskins. The Neid Behuda himself held, no, that if it's, he's talking about Yain Saraf, which means brandy, that since the whole hefter was based on a weak taste, and brandy has a very strong taste, you don't have the hefter of bitl against the klipa, and therefore cognac, uh, or scotch, Asian cognac, would, would be usher. How do we paskin? The Mishabur and Hilchus Pesach discusses a similar case regarding chametz. We had this a few years ago. Uh, by COVID, there was a uh, there was a brewery that that uh, that that uh, what do you call it? There was a, there was a from from getting the case correctly. There was a there was a uh, a brewery that was chametz, and it was owned by Yid, but nobody cared because it wasn't it wasn't under hashkacha, and then. He couldn't sell his products during during the COVID-19 uh, lockdowns, and many microbreweries only make money on their tap rooms that people come in and drink, and he can't sell it. So he had a friend who owns a distillery, which happened to be certified by us, by the CRC, and he asked his friend to make whiskey out of all his barrels of beer. But those barrels were... Uh, were uh, Hametz uh, Shavalava Pesach. Now, let's say he made whiskey and he aged, uh, he aged uh, whiskey in these barrels. Those barrels now have a taste of 
Fine. We'll say, okay, don't don't give a shkoch on that. But let's either reuse the barrels. This comes up with maple syrup as well. You have maple syrup aged in barrels of chametz shavava pesach. So the Mishmur says, since it's only chametz shavava pesach, which is only in the you could be makel, bitul against the klipa, no problem. So going back to your uh, cognac, L'chayr, according to the Mishaburah, it will be mutter to drink the uh, Glenlivet aged in cognac. There's definitely room to be machmir, based on the Nadi but uh, just keep in mind that cognac is a protected designation of origin for, uh, for brandy produced there, and that's why it has that name. Anyways, going back to this, uh, to our main topic, there are certain Italian cheeses that you can only name the cheese, and the name, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess this up, but you'll forgive me, Parmigiano Reggiano, which we call today Parmesan cheese. So you could use the name Parmesan even if you're making it in Wisconsin. But you cannot use the name Parmigiano Reggiano unless it's made in a certain region in Italy. Only then can you call it uh, Parmesan cheese. Uh, Parmigiano Reggiano. Now there are challenges when making this cheese. First of all, by law, for that standard of identity, it must contain animal rennet. You cannot use your uh, microbial rennet. It must contain animal rennet. Now, of course, we're going to make this kosher because how could a yid not taste this uh, this special cheese? So, of course, we have kosher ones available. So, you need animal rennet. Additionally, it's a hot cheese, so that's we're going to show see why that's a, that's a concern. Additionally, and finally, you have to use leftover production from the previous run. So, let's assume it's treif, and you're going to start a kosher run. How do you deal with the fact that you have to use a leftover uh, whey from the previous run? You have a similar issue when it comes to uh, certain certain brands of potato chips. Many people, machmer, uh, they want to only have bishli Yisrael potato chips. Okay, no problem, be machmer. However, most companies, they require that, the, that you, you, uh, whenever you make potato chips, you have to use oil from yesterday. You can't use a brand new uh, vat of oil. You have to use old oil, because old oil tastes better. Uh, so you're having bishli Yisrael potato chips, so the mashkiah will turn on the chips, but you used oil from yesterday, which were bishalakim. So you don't really gain much in most of these uh, most of these places unless they know what they're doing. So let's try to figure out, we're going to go through Shulchan Aruch now, Sif Yud, Sif Yud Aleph. The outstanding question is, how do we make cheese in Italy using animal rennet? We want to use the name Parmigiano Reggiano. These things cost more than a, than a cowboy steak, than a hanger steak, this uh, a pound of cheese. Reggiano uh, Parmigiano Reggiano, we have to use animal rennet. How exactly are we going to put in animal rennet? Let's say we'll shech the cow, we'll have kosher rennet. Still, how exactly are you going to add meat to milk, creating kosher cheese, lamahadrin, chalav yisrael? How exactly is that going to happen? So let's see Sif Yud and Sif Yud Aleph. We'll spend a few minutes in Shulchan Aruch, and we'll get back to this question. So Sif Yud, the, uh, the Shulchan Aruch says the following. So last week in Sif Tess, we spoke about when you have milk that's found inside the stomach of a cow. So the question was, is that considered dairy? On one hand, it looks like milk, smells like milk. On the other hand, this uh, milk was ingested by the cow, and it should no longer be considered dairy. So the Shulchan Aruch Paskind, it's not considered dairy. The Ramah held, no, it is chalav, and we'll see how this plays out. That was Sif Tess. And Sif Yud, the question is, is it fleshik? Forget about being dairy, let's say it's not called chalav, but it's sitting inside the stomach of a cow. The stomach of a cow is basar. Is this milk considered fleshek? So let's see. Chalav hanimtza bekeva. You have milk that's found in the keva, in the stomach of a cow. Now, in parentheses, it says, Don't let it sit in the keva. The amount of time it takes to cool off, which would be a few minutes, don't do that because it's going to get the taste of meat. But the 
But if you have an ein lachush, you don't have to be concerned that it got the taste of meat, meaning you have cold milk sitting in a fleshic stomach. Don't be concerned that the milk got the taste of meat unless one of two things. In, in Yeridea, if you learned Yeridea before, there's two other ways besides for cooking together that heat, that taste gets transferred. One is called maliach kiroseach, something very salty could transfer meat. Let's say you had a piece of cheese touching a salty uh, piece of beef jerky. Even if it's cold and there's no liquid, halakhically we're going to learn in a few weeks that that transfers taste. Either it's nimlach bekevasa, you salted the milk while it's still in the, uh, in the stomach. The other way is kavush. When something sits for 24 hours, we say kavush. Or if it sat in the keva for 24 hours, also lahamed boy, you cannot use that milk because that milk now has fleshic taste. You cannot use that to create cheese. Now, the Mohammed boy, let's say you did in fact, you use this milk that was found inside the stomach. So, imhuat salol, if it's the liquid milk, so the Ramah holds, this is from last week, that liquid milk found in the stomach, that is dairy. And now you have echt basr b'chalo, because I have milk that's dairy and has a taste of meat. So then, us oyser kolak vinois, it answers all the cheese, unless, atshu shishim b'chalo, unless you have 60 times milk, shehem in negada keva hasur. If I have 60 times milk against the rennet, against the... the the stomach, it's mutter. Now, you might ask, of course it's mutter. It's betel b'shishem. So we're going to see, in a few minutes, there's something called a davar hamaymed, something that creates something. It, uh, it, it it changes the nature of the food. The classic example is cheese. You took a fluid milk, you added uh, rennet or some other type of uh, catalyst, or whatever English word you want to use, and you remind it, you changed it. Now it's a block of cheese. In Hilchah Shabbos, that's called Baina on Shabbos. If a person takes, if you make cheese on Shabbos, that's called Baina. For years, most Hashgachas did not certify cheese unless the Mashkiach actually made the cheese. Now, that's the Shita of the Shach, that the Mashkiach has to make the cheese. Recently, some of the national companies started making kosher cheese, and you, you, you cannot make cheese on Shabbos. There's an Issa for your Mashkiach to put in rennet to make cheese on Shabbos. So they rely on the Ramah. The Ramah says all the Mashkiach has to do is watch is watch the cheese uh, uh, being made and make sure the rennet is, is kosher. But making cheese is a Davar HaMaymeh. That's a serious, that's a significant thing. And it's typically not Batal. However, we're going to learn that the only time Davar HaMaymeh, something that created something, is not Batal, that's only if the item is Isr Machmas Atzmai. It itself is Asr. It's a piece of Arla. It's a piece of Nevela. It's something, but, or it's Basu B'chalab on a Deraisa level. Bisho Basu B'chalab. But anytime it's not Isr Machmas Atzmai, we say Bittal. And we're going to see this. I'm, I'm giving you a brief uh, overview. We'll see more of this in the, in the coming lines. Now, Vamhaya Keva Kurusha. Let's say the keva was karush, meaning it wasn't liquid, it was junk. So last week we said that's called a pir shaba'ama. It's not considered anything. So eno yisera is klom afilo hayashishim bechalav negeda keva. Now v'mo yakeva tzalol mitchila v'nikra shishad in tzalol. If it was liquid originally and now it became solid, that doesn't help because that was a liquid when the cow died. Now v'yish mikila mazesim ramekol that it's a it's it's nifsal meachila v'makam hefsid yish l'akol v'makam hefsid you could be mekol. Continues the Ramah. We saw this last week as well. Arakeva. Now, this would be a good idea if you're in the cheese 
uh, manufacturing. This is going to be your favorite Ramah in, in the whole Shulchan Aruch. Arakeva, Lepa'amim, sometimes, Molchan Oisai, they salt it, Umiyavshin Oisai, they dry it out, Vinaseke eats, and they make it dry like wood, Umimalim Oisai Chala, and you fill it up with milk, Mutter, or you add that to a cheese, to a milk fat to make cheese, it's Mutter, you're allowed to do that. Why? Once it dried up, it's considered wood. It has no moisture of meat, and it's mutter. We said this yes, last week when we discussed gelatin. Some want to learn that anytime you have meat, even the hides of cows, if it becomes yavesh it becomes dry, then it's no longer no longer considered busser, no longer considered non-kosher. That was the discussion from, from last week. Let's see Sifir Aleph, and we'll get back to uh, to the discussion at hand. Let's say they uh, they made cheese with skin of a of a cave of kshera. Now it's a kosher cow this time. So we're back in Italy. We're trying to make cheese. If you use a kosher uh, keva, again it's fleishix. So so what's the halacha? If the milk, the final product, tastes like meat. So now this is important. Machlekes. We'll see later on. We know we go by shishim. As long as you have 60 times kosher to one part non-kosher, it's, it's bottle. That's the psak of the Ramah. The Shulchan Aruch holds that, of course, shishim works, but really you should have someone taste it. It's called te'imask fela. You would go to a chef or even according to the Rosh, go to the gas station, ask a non-Jew, can you taste this? Does it taste like, uh, like meat? Give him the cheese. If he says it tastes like meat, so then... It's a problem. But if it doesn't taste like meat, or in our terms, if it's batal b'shishim, mutaris. It's mutter. That's if you use kosher cow rennet. Now, it sounds like you can't do a lechatchila. Why not? Because you're being mavatal is a lechatchila. Let's use non-kosher animal, or you use the camel's rennet. It would answer even the smallest amount. Why? It's batal b'shishim. The problem is, it's a double amaymid. It created the cheese, and if it creates the cheese, it's never bottle. There's a vart, the Rabbi Reisman always says from Rav Rifkin, Zatzal, Rosh Hashiva of Tarvadas, that there's two types of bittel. There's there's bittel bekamos and bittel beechos. When it comes to bittel beshishim, when you have one part cream into a 99 parts chalent or 60, so then that's bittel bekamos. And the volume, I have 60 times volume to, to non-kosher. That's one type of bittel. But let's say you have a Dabra HaMaimid, something that created something. You have cheese, or the, the Magan Avram talks about you took brewer's yeast, which is chametz, that's yeast left over from a beer production, and you made you made rum. You use that to uh, to ferment a different type of alcohol, even though it's there's 60 times against it, but Be'echos, in the quality, there's the yeast is still here. That brewer's yeast, which is chametz, that's still here. The Magan Avram says you're not allowed to drink that on, on Pesach. So, you need, you have, you need bitl be'echus and bitl be'kamas. So, and the Ramah explained, But based on that, there's a fascinating hatter. That's only, when do we say, I'll use Rav Rifkin's uh, lambdas. When do we say it's not bottle be'echus in quality? That's when it's the only thing there. However, if you have a different maimed, you took two different rennets to make cheese, one kosher, one non-kosher. There's a heter of zev They're both causing it. So maybe you have bitl bekamus, 
and you have bittel be'echos because there's two different mamadis here, two different maimids. Umutter, it's mutter as long as you have shishim negada oiser. Okay, so we're going to unpack all that we've, we've learned in the next 15 minutes and discuss many applications of these halachas. The first thing is, going back to our fellow in Italy, so you're making cheese. So we saw the Ramah. The Ramah says, as long as you have uh, Yavesh Ke'etz, it sounds like it's mutter. As long as the Rennet is Yavesh Ke'etz, it'll be mutter. Now, if you look at Rabbi Kivager in his Chuvas, he discusses that the Ramah sounds like you could only do a B'diavit, meaning if you, you did it, you could you could consume this product. But you shouldn't be putting it in the Chathilah. Why not? Because that's being mavatal isla You can't say, oh, I have a recipe, I want to make cream flavored chalant, put in 1% cream into your chalant. You can't do that. It's ain mavatal isla Let's say someone did it by mistake, you can eat it because it's batal. But you cannot do lechatrila. However, if you have both, you have yavish ke'etz and shishim, then Rabbi Kivager says there will be no problem. If you have both dried out and you have 60 times milk to one time cheese to, 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 to rent it, then you could do a lechatrila because maker adin, it's, uh, it's, it's yavish ke'etz, it's dried out, and what? You're, you're concerned that maybe there's some moisture left in the meat. It's batal b'shishim anyways. That's the sheet of Rabbi Kivager. Now, on that tshuva, he discusses something, uh, maybe we'll come back to at the end if we have time, which has ramifications for uh, non-dairy creamers. So if you remind me before I finish the shear, I want to come back to that. So that's the, the halacha that you have to keep in mind. So one of the one of the ha'aras on what's being done in Italy is that we learned last week, and this is based on a prima gadim here in our simon, that the heter of yavish ke'etz, of drying out something, is only when the, the skin dried out. But let's say you, one of two things, you soaked it in some type of acid solution, and as soon as you remove the acid solution, there's no, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with the food. So that's called Iruv Baidavar Mar. We looked at it in week one, that many pais can held that's not called Nifsa Mechila. But more importantly, when you remove the acid solution, it literally goes back to the way it was beforehand. So how is that called Nifsa Mechila? You simply, uh, it's like putting it in the freezer for a couple hours, and you remove it from the freezer, and you have the same product that you had before. That's reason number one why many people are, you know, have hesitations to allow this, because this, the rennet, the way they process this rennet, they're not drying it out for uh, for a year before they add it to their cheese. They're, they're simply putting it into some type of acid solution, rinsing it off, I don't know, and then putting it in. So there are pikpukim, uh, on what's being done. But Bidiyavid, a person should know that Bidiyavid, even if you don't like how this hashkacha gives hashkacha on these Italian cheeses, you should know that the Ramah says, if, if uh, as long as it's a kosher rennet, halacha is, as long as it's batal bashishim, it's fine because it's co- it's a kosher animal. A kosher, a kosher cow's uh, hide is, is, is kosher. It's heter, and therefore it cannot be called a davar hamaymid. So it's batal bashishim. So Bidiyavid, this uh, this product is 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 fine. Another issue we said they had is it's, it's a heated cheese product, so you have to kosher. Now, how exactly? One of the issues of koshering there is they have very thin uh, uh, kalim. For example, I was just at a factory. We had to kosher storage tanks. There was there were storage tanks that held milk for many many years, and this company was um, rehabbing and becoming a 
pea protein company. So you have to kosher these vats. At least lechatchila kavush kimavosho. So one of the concerns is that you can't you can't just have hot water uh, uh, going into these uh, these kalim. It's not made for it. They're made to store cold water. So you have to figure out with the engineers and with uh, the people involved how exactly to get hot water um, onto these kalim. So when you have thin kalim in these uh, cheese companies, there's another uh, pick book on it that it's not being kashered well. Okay, that's as far as making uh, Italian cheeses. We mentioned another another uh, concern, which is only the first time you ever do it, is they have to use whey from the previous run, which you would assume would not be kosher. Either way, busy habit with all these things, the cheese is mutter. It's more of a lechatchila. Is this the best way to give hashkacha on on um, these uh, artisan cheeses coming from Italy? And I hear the haaris, but busy habit, um, once it's made, the consumer is allowed to uh, allowed to consume it. So we mentioned a few different topics here. One topic we mentioned was davar hamaimid, and davar hamaimid is when you have something that gives significant. Uh, it, it changes the product, even if the product is sixty times kosher to the one part non-kosher. Since the the non-kosher part is is creating something. It's a catalyst. The example we gave was, we gave two examples. It creates a rum using brewer's yeast, which is chametz, or it creates cheese using non-kosher rennet. The halach is, it's not bottle. Many years ago, there was a cheese company that used chametz rennet. Now we're talking about uh, treif rennet. They used chametz rennet because it's made in, it was made in a lab. They used uh, they needed a starch, and the starch they used came from wheat. Today, they're all, came out all kosher lepesach, but they used the chametz rennet uh, to make the cheese. Halach is, that's a davra ha-maimid, and it's not it's not bottle. This came up in the, uh, in the this is the classic uh, discussion at the CRC many years ago. I mentioned this in wherever I wherever I go. I always mention this uh, the Shaila. Many years ago, the CRC was approached by Buffalo Trace by a Sazerac company to give ashkacha on a vodka made in California. Nothing to do with with um, with CRC. I'm sorry, nothing to do with Buffalo Trace bourbon. But once the Rabbanim were there, they were schmoozing with the guy, and the guy said, oh, I'm Jewish, and I own a lot of other companies, and uh, oh boy, I got a problem. It was a, it was a nightmare from a legal standpoint. All the lawyers will uh, will uh, get amused because they the, the Hashkach already signed a non-disclosure agreement. How can they go and tell the whole world, by the way, this company owns uh, 75 different labels, and it's Chamed Shavu Pesach. It was a, a legal nightmare. But either way, they found out that you have a Yiddish company that owns bourbon. Now bourbon is aged for a few years, so you know when you when you when you buy liquor after Pesach from a local uh, store, you have a few shilas. If the store owner's Jewish, that's one question. So don't go the day after Pesach. Maybe the distributor's Jewish. Okay, but at some point there's going to be a suffix. When you have bourbon that's aged by the company that's owned by a Jew, you know for sure it, it was definitely passed over. Right, no pun intended. Definitely passed over one Pesach. So. It's Chamit, Sha'avala Pesach. So many different Heterim, uh, maybe distilled Chamit is called Zaya. Many different Heterim were thrown around. You'll ask your, uh, your Rav if you could be made. Oh, there is a difference between rye versus bourbon. Bourbon is 51% corn, rye is Chamit. But one of the Shilas there was that the way to break down rye and, um, and corn and create bourbon is you use something that's, that comes from malted barley. When you malt barley, so you soak barley in warm water, not your pearl barley. Your pearl barley lost the um, that part, that protein. But you you, you have you get something called uh, uh, barley beta amylase. Now barley beta amylase is a fascinating ingredient. It could be used to take corn syrup, 
take sorry take corn and get corn syrup out of corn it could be used to to get uh, almond milk out of almonds it, it's hummus it's made from barley. So it comes up, you'll see lists for Pesach that uh, this almond milk is fine, but it might contain chametz. What it might contain is this uh, this beta amylase, which is used to break down uh, sugars. So they use this barley uh, beta amylase to create bourbon. So you have a Dover Hamaymid, and everyone agrees it's a Dover Hamaymid. You made alcohol, you made alcoholic beverage out, out, out of corn. That's called a Dover Hamaymid. So L'chayr, it's not bottle. So Rafael Bukon in his Badi Ashokhan, he says the following, and this is an accepted psaq, that as long as you have, as long as you have Shishim 60 times kosher against the Dover Hamaymid, it's bottle. Now, what does that mean? The Dover Hamaymid only affects the part that it affects. For example, let's say you had non-kosher rennet and you made cheese. Not you. The guy down the block is making cheese-flavored popcorn. He took non-kosher rennet, made cheddar cheese, and that cheese was added to the popcorn. Now it's all mixed in and you, you can't separate it out. You can't separate it out. Can you eat the final product? Now, of course, there's a Isra Kvina Sakam. But as far as the rennet, are you eating treif? No, I had to Dover Hamaymid. So you can't eat it because of Gvinas Hakam. But, but, but as far as the Dover Hamaymid, that uh, rennet is bottled in the popcorn. I had to Dover Hamaymid. It didn't Maymid the popcorn. Popcorn existed. So the same thing was said regarding this uh, this Shiloh when it came to Buffalo Trace. That the barley was Maymid the corn and it was Maymid the, the, um, the rye. Well, either way, rye is hummus. But... The water that's added to it, they add water, add water in production, and they add water to get it from cask strength to bottle strength. That water is not mimid. The barley didn't make that into alcohol. That water, you could add that water to the corn, to the to everything else, and that's mavato, the um, the barley. The same thing would apply, let's say, Coca-Cola on Pesach. So as I just mentioned, you have corn syrup. Now, corn syrup is kidneyous. And halacha is we don't eat kidneyous on Pesach. But... The Mishaburah says that kidneys is bata baraiv. So l'chayra, we'll talk about this in a minute. L'chayra, the the kidneys that's in the in in, in the Coca Cola is bottle. So the truth is, in Echanami, if that was the only shiloh of Coca Cola, then you should be able to drink it on Pesach. In fact, there's there's a there was an alert that just went out regarding Heinz ketchup with a KF on it. So KF Kosher Federation of London gives hashkach on Heinz ketchup for Pesach. That they just put out an alert that there's kidneys in that ketchup. But I confirmed the kidneys is bata baray. So if you want to go with the pesach and the mishabura, you know for sure. Again, they're saying it's chametz free. It's only a question of kidneys that was added by mistake. It's bata baray. Whether you want to serve this at your table, that's your own decision. But uh, halachically, this ketchup is mutter. Now there's a question regarding the Coca-Cola that the corn syrup. They, perhaps they use this beta barley amylase, this barley beta amylase, to uh, get the corn syrup out of the corn. So it's chametz, it's davar hamaymid. So you have the same hetter. That fine, the corn you can't drink the corn syrup straight because there's a davar hamaymid in there. But there's other things. There's flavor. There's water. There's uh, carbon dioxide. And therefore, if we 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 knocked out two out of three shilas. One shilo was kidneys. One shilo was the the uh, barley. The other shilo that we didn't discuss yet is flavors, and that is that maybe the flavor is chametz. Forget about kidneys. Maybe the flavor is chametz. And therefore, that is the reason why you cannot uh, drink Coca-Cola on Pesach, because the flavor might be from chametz. And good luck finding out 
what flavor, what, what the flavor is, because no one's going to tell you. Now, there, there's a discussion that some people discuss, and it's, it's an interesting discussion, and that is, why don't we say, Zev Zegarim? What does that mean? So we learned, in the end of the Ramah, the last Ramah in Simon Pezayin, if you had two different rennets making the cheese, one was kosher, one was not, what's the halacha? You're allowed to eat it. So, let's say there's different components of the flavor. And the same thing would apply by flavors. Zev is a garam. That maybe there's, uh, Dr. Pepper has 23 components in their uh, in their drink. So maybe 10 of them are not kosher, maybe or chametz, and 13 of them might be might might be made out of uh, innocuous things. Why don't we say Zev is a garam? So there's a very important shach that we have to learn. The shach says like this, in, in, in Sifkat on Lamed Vav. He says that When we say that they use two different rennets creating cheese, even if one was not kosher, the cheese is fine because of Zev Zegarim, that's only when the Isser rennet was not able to work on its own. But let's say there was enough non-kosher rennet on its own, you happen to uh, you happen to want to you know pump rennet into this cheese, that's very nice, but that's not called Zev Zegarim because the Isser on its own could have done significant work. So the same thing applies by flavors. That when you have a flavor, there are many components to the flavor. If the non-kosher flavor could flavor the beverage on its own, now by the way, the way the flavors work is that you have chemists, or people that are taste experts, they taste a uh, strawberry and they say, I can feel there's 17 different components of this uh, f- uh, strawberry. There's a little grass taste, there's a sweet taste, and in a the lab they could uh, mimic that taste. The better uh, companies could do it on an even better uh, better level. If you ever noticed why Hall of Yisrael has, doesn't have the best tasting uh, strawberry ice cream is because many hashkachos will not allow flavors from plants that do kosher, non-kosher. So there are very limited options for strawberry flavor in your uh, in your uh, Heimish ice cream. So it, it tastes terrible because the better strawberry uh, experts, they're working at the bigger companies, they do kosher and non-kosher flavors. So the OU is very fine in using them. But the Heimish Ashkachos would not allow that flavor, even though it's power, they would not allow that flavor in their in their ice cream. So, anyways, those flavors, uh, it depends. If the flavor is a significant flavor, that on it, if it was on its own, it could flavor the product, we do not say Zev is garam. So, therefore, very difficult to say that a person could drink Coca-Cola on Pesach, even though we got it at two out of three issues. Number one, kidneyus is Batal Barayv. The Dabar HaMaimit on the corn syrup would also be a... Uh, also be bottle, right? On the other hand, when it comes to when it comes to the flavors, it's unknown. It's unknown if the flavors uh, contain chametz. So that's the uh, that's the uh, that's the story with Zevazegarim. Just one thing I remind myself to, to discuss. That was Rabbi Kiv Eger. So there's a, there's a there's a question that people ask regarding non-dairy creamers. So there's two types of non-dairy creamers. There are those that are actually parv. There's, they don't contain anything milchik in it. However, there's something else which, um, you know, International Delight, they make a product which they say is non-dairy. Why it's called non-dairy is an interesting uh, political thing. That years ago, the dairy farmers of America were lobbying that casein protein was coming in from India and from other parts of the world. And they said, how could you call it dairy when you're hurting the dairy farmers in America? So they made a pshara, you cannot call it dairy. And then people got sick because uh, it contains uh, dairy. So they wrote on the bottom, it actually contains dairy, you know, don't drink it if you're allergic to milk. It doesn't contain lactose, it contains dairy. The question is, can a person add that to their coffee when they are fleshik? So, what's the shayla? There's a halacha called, Ein mevatlin iser lechatchila. You cannot be mevatel iser lechatchila. So, Mekvieger, on his own, wanted to say that you could add 
fleshy granite, kosher granite, into a vat that has 60 times milk. Aye, what about in mevatel inslechatchila? He said, Lechaira, there's no Isser here. I'm taking meat, meat is kosher, and I'm putting it into milk. Before it turns into Basel Bechalov, it's bottle already. Shouldn't that be Mutter? Rabbi Kivager wants to say it. He says, I can't. There's a Ramah, there's a Shach later on. We'll see later on. The hold it's Asser. However, that's only when you're, the, the milk and the meat are being put together. But if you just have a Minog that we have, of course, Klaisal is a Minog to wait six hours, so that you're not being Mavat to anything in the Chachilah. There's a Chi of Gavra or Isser Gavra not to drink milk within six hours of eating meat. That's a minog. But when you're being a vatal, non-dairy creamer, when it has casein in it, in a coffee, you're not being over a mavatal and isla chachila. That was the psaka of Rebelski Zatzal. He also felt that you could take a cream or milk and do the same thing, but he didn't trust anyone's math. However, the non-dairy creamers have a very small component of milk. So if you put it in a standard coffee, uh, in a normal ratio, that would be uh, that would be the way to do it. Okay, that concludes Simon Pei Just to review, I think in a two three minutes we could, we could review the entire Simon. So as mentioned, the Torah says Loisavashal Gadi Bachalevi Moi three times. There's an Isser of Bishol Basu Bachalav Isser Achila and an Isser Hana. We spent many sifim discussing what exactly is Basar. We spoke about Behema versus Chaya Oif. Is Nevela considered Basar? Basar Behema Tmei is not considered Basar. We spoke about eggs. Are eggs considered meat? At what point do they go from being meat to parv? We spoke about chalav. What exactly is chalav? Chalav obviously is milk from a cow. If it's milk from a non-kosher animal, that's not called chalav. We spoke about chalav mesa, chalav zachar. Then we got to me chalav, whey versus lactose, me me chalav. So that's regarding chalav. We spoke about bishol. What's considered bishol? Is tzli uh, roasting? Is frying considered bishol? What about soaking and or salting? As we saw this week, that is not considered bishol on a derisa level. Or cooking in the sun, that uh, brought up the question of cooking in the mic in a microwave, or uh, induction cooktop uh, stovetops when it's not the derech bishol. What's called hana? What's called benefiting? So we spoke about the night of Behuda and the nakudin of law of ein isrchal of benefiting from non kosher meat and milk together. We spoke about feeding uh, dogs. If it's your dog, everyone agrees there's a isr uh, of, of of a hana of feeding them. That, that that's the main topics of of Pezayin. We also got into many supplementary topics. For example, Maris Ayin, Davar Shein Meschavein, Ein Isser Chal Isser, doing Schaira with Dvar Masurim. When is that mutter? When is it not? Chal of Isha or da, blood of uh, uh, found in eggs. That's only us from Yishem Maris Ayin. That when it's put into a mixture, it's fine. We spoke about Davar Maimah today and Zeva Zegarim. We also spoke about uh, some other topics, medicine, gelatin, carmine, nifsa me'achila, shleikadar achila. So, Baruch Hashem, we're able to, in these eight shurim, we, uh, we touched many, many topics and many yisoydas in, uh, in Yaradea. And that's, that's the, the, the Pnei Yeshua says, when the Gemara says that we start a, a Masechta, they start teaching with the milsa de b'dichasa, it doesn't mean a joke, maybe that, that, that also works. But he says it means that if you look through every Masechta, there's, all the lumdus is in the first uh, the first few dafim. Yavamus, all the lumdus Yavamus in the beginning. So to hear the first simon of Basabakhalov had all the lumdus in it. And as we move along, we'll get into more specific topics, waiting six hours, and then we'll get into many of the Blias questions, using the ro- the wrong spoon and the wrong bowl. Samir Tashem to be uh to, to be continued.